Welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways that your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Today, we talk about habits, how to build them, why to build them, and when to build them. I'm going to reveal the truth about how long it really takes to build a new habit, because sadly, many of us are working under a false assumption, and this assumption is hijacking our success. You may already have a lot of great habits in your life, or you might be looking to tweak your process to build a new habit. Either way, you're going to love this episode today, and by the time we're done, you're going to be dying to build your next great habit. I'm going to share my best secrets for habit building, and there's going to be a little bit of a challenge for you at the end. So pay close attention to the steps and the key points as we go through this episode. So here's what you're going to learn today. In the first segment, you're going to find out the benefits of building a new habit. The second segment, you're going to learn how to avoid the biggest challenges of building a new habit. In our third segment, I'm going to share my best tips to building habits. And in our last segment, I'm going to share my four-step process to building a new habit. But first, I want to start with a story. So today's story is about yoga, flexibility, and patience. What I've noticed over the years is that people are drawn to yoga for different reasons. Some people are drawn to it just as a physical practice of doing the postures, and they're mostly interested in fitness. For some people, it's the mental practice of learning how to be more compassionate and present and learning how to meditate. And for others, it's important to be part of a community of really positive people who share their values. When I first started yoga, I was 28, and my motivator was the physical practice. I was there for the workout, just to be honest. My good friend Amy had taken a hot yoga class, and she told me I had to try it, and I was hooked from class one. I loved it. And I couldn't stand savasana. I would sit there just twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the teacher to stop rambling so I could be the first one in the shower and get to work early. I had no time for mindfulness, I had no care for meditation, and I didn't even have a clue what being present really meant. Now, years later, I've learned a lot. And I think that's why I always had a sweet spot when I was teaching A-types. They would come to my class and they'd pull all the typical A-type stunts. You know what I mean. Like trying to sneak out before the final meditation. Or trying to sneak in some crunches while they're supposed to be laying still in Savasana. I would always smile to myself and I'd laugh a little and I'd think, haha, that used to be me. Wow, things have changed a lot. So like most teachers, I would always hang around after class to see if students had any questions or they needed any help. And I had this student come up to me after class one day, and he was very agitated, and I could tell he really wanted to talk. And he was pretty new to yoga, 
And he typically did a lot of strength training, and he was also a runner, so he had a lot of really tight muscles. He said the doctor had told him to start doing yoga to get more flexible. And he was really, really frustrated because he'd been working so hard, and he was totally dedicated. He was doing what everybody told him to, but he wasn't getting any more flexible. And all he really wanted to do was to be able to reach down and touch his toes. And he really wanted to know sincerely when he'd start to see results and how long it was going to take. So I asked him a few questions like, you know, how long he'd been practicing. And he had to sort of stop and think about it. You could tell he was doing the math in his head. Three, no, four, four, four classes. Yep, this is, this is my fourth class today and I'm just not seeing any results. When am I going to be able to touch my toes? I love it. I love, love, love this story. So I explained that it was going to take a little bit more than four classes to be able to touch his toes. And I also threw out some other tips. Knowing that he wasn't quite ready for them, but just planting the seed for when he would be able to understand that concept that sometimes letting go is the best way to see results. I love this story because I see myself in this story. I remember what it was like to get frustrated by a slow yoga class. Was I actually burning any calories or was this class a total waste of time? Was I going to have to go for a run later because this isn't going to count as cardio? I remember what that was like. And that's why I have so much compassion for people who are in this place. So if this is you... If you still obsess over how many calories you're burning in class, or if you feel like you're going loopy during Savasana, and you just haven't quite mastered the art of meditation yet, don't worry. It will come to you and you will get it when the time is right. If I was able to temper my crazy A-type personality and become calmer, patient, and less judgmental, then there is hope for you, I promise. Timing is everything. Just keep at it, be patient, and you'll get there. And that's the funny thing with life. Sometimes, life doesn't always give us what we want. But better yet, it always gives us what we need. I am so excited to dedicate this entire episode to building habits. But I want to take a quick second to let you know that I still have a few spots left for Thrive Retreat in Mexico this May. I know there's quite a few of you listening right now who already booked with me and I am so excited to meet you in person. And I know that there's some of you Thrive alumni listening right now and smiling because you know exactly what these beautiful people are about to experience. So if any of the rest of you feel like you're in that place, you know, that rut where you feel like you're not fulfilled by what you're doing, or you feel like there must be something more to life, then you really want to check it out and look into Thrive Retreat. I call it a whole life checkup, and you will walk away from this week understanding your purpose and feeling balanced. And since we're talking about building habits today, if yoga or meditation or even eating healthier are on your habit wish list, then you definitely want to join us on retreat because we're going to be doing all those things every day. 
and you're going to meet some really cool people. You can find out all the details about Thrive on my website at thecorporateyogi.com slash retreats. Don't take my word for it. Check out the videos and see for yourself exactly what happens on one of my retreats. So as entrepreneurs, we talk a lot about habits. And yes, there are some generic habits that are really helpful for most entrepreneurs. But as we go through this episode, I want you to keep one thing in mind. Not all habits are ideal for all people. So when you invest in a new habit, make sure that it's something that is right for you. So here's a few benefits of building a habit. First, efficiency. We become more efficient because we need to make fewer decisions. One of my clients told me recently about decision fatigue. And we sort of joked about it because at first I thought he'd made it up, but I actually Googled it and it's a real thing. It's something real that psychologists have identified and it refers to the deteriorating quality of decisions that are made by an individual after a long session of decision making. So not only is decision making time consuming, we actually get really bad at making decisions when we have to make too many decisions. So let's save our energy for our creative endeavors. The second benefit, we require less discipline. Once a new habit is built, then you no longer need the discipline to focus your time and energy. The activity becomes a non-negotiable. So you don't have to decide to do it or when to do it. Just be like Nike and just do it. Number three, growth. Let me ask you a question. What are the outer limits of what you're really capable of? Seriously, what are you really capable of? How do you know? Have you ever really hit your limit of your output? The truth is that most of us only scratch the surface of our true potential. There is no ceiling on what we can achieve. So when you look at what your output is and you compare each week over week, and you're doing most of the same things as habits, it's much easier for you to compare and see what you might want to tweak and how you can be more efficient. Your habits are a blueprint that can be easily analyzed and refined. And lastly, habit mastery. When you build a new habit, you are investing in the art of building a new habit. Okay, I know it sounds like a bit of a circular argument, but it's cool, I promise. Don't overthink it. When we bring consciousness to the act of building a habit, it gets easier because we're making the process visible. We're revealing really important details about ourselves, about our learning process, and about our strengths. So the more habits you build, the better you become at building habits. And that is awesome news. some of the challenges that we have when we're trying to build a new behavior. What makes it so darn hard? First, sometimes our habit isn't a desire. It's a should. It's something that we don't actually want to do. And here comes my favorite tweetable of all time. Don't should all over yourself. Remember my example earlier about getting up early? It's not for everyone, so if the thought of getting up early is totally painful to you, then please don't try to build that habit. When we set a goal with a should, we're really setting ourselves up for failure because we aren't going to succeed and then we're going to punish ourselves. 
The second reason that habits are hard is that we have a perfectionist saboteur. Now, I know this firsthand because I am a recovering perfectionist. I used to want to be perfect all the time. And the danger of this thinking is that sometimes it can lead to paralysis. If we want to do something new and we know we won't be able to do it perfectly the first time, or we won't be able to meet our incredibly ridiculously high standards, then we just aren't able to do it. We go into a state of paralysis. I see this a lot with my clients. I call it the paralysis of perfection. It's particularly hard when you're an entrepreneur because you have to do so many different types of activities compared to when you just had a job and you were able to specialize in one thing. So the paralysis of perfection is when you have a mental block from starting something new because you have such incredibly high standards for yourself and you're worried it won't be perfect the first time. And the third reason why building habits is so hard is impatience. We want our habit to work out right away and the first time that we do it. And this isn't always the case. There are some new habits that you will be able to build instantly with really little effort. But there are also others that might take months or years. It took me years to build a daily meditation practice. Years. But I didn't give up. I kept at it and I kept failing until I finally found the right method. Building habits goes deep into our mindset. Sometimes we're going against very old and ingrained patterns. Sometimes we're brushing up against beliefs that are deeply rooted in our operating system. Remember, your beliefs are your OS, your operating system, and that runs in the background and it determines your output. So what about you? Do you suffer from any of these challenges that I just talked about? Do you find yourself doing something just because other people are or because you think you should be doing it? Are you a perfectionist or a recovering perfectionist? Did you secretly smile to yourself when I was talking about the paralysis of perfection? Is that a little bit familiar? What about patience? Are you patient? Are you being kind to yourself? I hope that you are, especially when you think about building a new habit. I hope you're excited about building a new habit now. I want to take this segment to share five of my best, my very best tips with you. Tip number one, build one habit at a time. I know you're a keener. I know you're excited, but don't go all crazy and try to build a bunch of new habits all at once. I see this so often when people try to change too many habits, do too many things, they get overloaded, and then they just fail at all of them. Like, for example, introducing a new morning routine that includes getting up earlier, meditating for an hour, and exercising in the morning, and, and, and other things. Remember episode 20 where I talked about the truth about multitasking and how it makes us less efficient? This concept applies here too. We have a finite amount of time and focus. And so when you spread it out too thin, it becomes less concentrated. If you try to build too many new habits at a time, you're going to fail and then you're going to beat yourself up over it. And that's not cool. Stick with one at a time, build it, make it permanent, and then move on. Think of building habits like layers. So for example, you might want to try getting up early. Then when that's built, 
then add a bit of meditation. Then when those two are permanent, then add the exercise. But if you try to do them all at once, you might get overwhelmed. So remember, build one habit at a time. Tip number two, have a purpose. And by this, I want you to make sure that you're building a habit for the right reason. And you're not just doing it because everybody else is. It's that same sage advice that your mom always gave you. If your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Just because everybody else you know is doing something doesn't mean that it's right for you. Does it make sense? Is it something that you really want to do? Okay, then go for it. So tip number two, have a purpose. Tip number three, patience. Remember, you are investing in a habit that you'll benefit for the rest of your life. So it might take you some time to build it. You don't build habits overnight. They're not delivered under your pillow by the habit fairy. They happen over time with a lot of hard work and effort. It's not as if one day you don't have the habit and then the next day you do. No way, it takes time and it takes effort. It takes failure, but you have to keep trying over and over again. Remember in the intro I said I was gonna reveal the truth about how long it really takes to build a new habit? Because some of us are working on a false assumption here. And here comes another great gem from that book called The One Thing. I talked about this in episode 20 where I revealed that multitasking doesn't actually work. And that ended up being a really, really popular episode. I know you guys really like that one. And I got great feedback from you guys. I heard from Janahan in the UK who actually went out and got that book after I recommended it. And he read it in something crazy like two days. Then I also heard from Margot here in Ontario who really resonated with the truth about procrastination and my conspiracy theory about multitasking. And she has completely changed her workflow and is focusing on her discipline. Well done, guys. Thank you for reaching out and sharing your feedback. It makes me really happy to know that you guys are not only just listening, but you're actually putting this information into action. So the popular opinion is that it takes 21 days to build a new habit. But this, my friends, is wrong. This is a book that just kind of keeps on giving. So here's another gem that I learned. It is actually self-help popular culture that tosses around this random stat of 21 days to build a habit. But the truth is, science tells us that it actually takes 66 days to form a new habit. That's what the science and the data tells us. And when I actually read this, I definitely got my truth signal on this one. That really resonated with me because I know that personally, I could totally fake something for 21 days because that's only really about three weeks. I could pull that off, but getting to 66 days, that is essentially two months. So you know something's gonna be permanent after that long. So tip number three, be patient. Tip number four, break down your goal. So I'm gonna use a personal example of what has worked for me. Now this habit was starting to do my podcasts and working on content on Wednesdays. So I wanted to have a dedicated day in the week where I really focused on this podcast and also on creating content. And so the first layer for me was building the habit of picking the time of the week that I was gonna do it. Now I initially tried Mondays and that 
completely did not work with my schedule. I was too distracted and focusing on things that had to get done during the week. So then I tried splitting it up into two-hour blocks throughout the week on different days, and that totally didn't work either. Then I tried Wednesdays, and that worked like a charm, just like Goldilocks. So it took me a while to figure this out, a little trial and error to pick the day, but I settled on Wednesdays. The second layer was to actually dedicate and carve out Wednesdays and make sure that they were clear from meetings. So this layer took me quite a while to develop, and looking back, I had to build the discipline of not booking things on Wednesdays, and then I had to communicate this to everybody else that I work with and also to my clients. So I built that habit of having a full day dedicated to content, and it took me a couple months to do this. Then I started to notice that sometimes I would find myself running errands on a Wednesday afternoon because, hey, I had the whole day free from scheduled work. And then the podcast wouldn't get done on time. So the third layer of this new habit was laying the discipline to make sure that now that I had the day clear, I actually got the work done that I was supposed to. And this was actually a really quick fix for me as soon as I was conscious about what was really going on. So this habit was made up of three distinct layers. Picking the day that I wanted, finding one that worked, then carving out the day and making sure that it was always clear and I didn't book anything else, And then lastly, building the discipline and the accountability to make sure that I got my work done on that day. The middle layer was the hardest and the other two were quite a bit easier. So tip number four, break down your goal. Tip number five, track it. Did you know that the goals that we measure are always more successful than the ones that we don't? Keep track of what you're doing. This can be in a spreadsheet, it can be in your phone, you can print out a calendar and cross off days to track your progress. Whatever you want to do is fine, so long as it's fun. Tracking something brings consciousness to it and you will be more successful. And if you want to be even more successful than that, guess what boosts your success even more? Can you take a guess? Having an accountability partner. Tracking something makes it more successful, and accountability makes it even more successful than that. So tip number five is to track it. And I have a bonus tip for you today. Are you ready for it? Here's your bonus tip. Focus on the behavior, not the benefit. Remember my story at the beginning where my student couldn't understand why he couldn't touch his toes after four yoga classes? Bless his heart. Focus only on the behavior, not the benefit. But why, Julie? Well, because when we focus on the results, we know that our ego is in the driver's seat, totally running the show. And your ego loves to measure things. It lives life with one of those little golf pencils, keeping score, tallying things. Oh, that was good, plus one. Ooh, that was bad, minus one. So if you don't see the expected results after a couple days of starting to build your new habit or maybe after the first week, then your ego is going to start chirping at you. It's going to start bullying you and it's going to make you worry and judge and compare. All those nasty things that keep you from being present. So pick a goal like 66 days or 60 classes and then check in at the end of it. Don't constantly measure and judge the whole weight through. That is your bonus tip. 
Focus on building the behavior, not on the benefit. Now, let's talk about your challenge. I want to challenge you to build a new habit and to support you. Well, first, I'm sending you a big old virtual hug for courage. And second, I'm going to give you a four-step process that you can follow that's going to help you out. Step number one. Now, you might be thinking that step number one is to pick the habit. Mm, Nope. The first step is to reflect on what habits you've built in the past. It's always a good practice of gratitude to take a second and say, hey, what am I doing really well? Because chances are you have lots of amazing habits in your life, and I bet you you just take them all for granted, and you don't even take time to appreciate them. So take a second to think about this now. I'm a little bit sentimental about my habits, and I remember when and where I started them. So it was more than 15 years ago when I started the habit of early morning workouts. I was living in Vancouver. I was in Kitsilano. Interesting fact, actually, I lived just down the street from the very first ever Lululemon store, by the way. So it was a little boutique gym that I was going to called Ron Zelko. And up until then, I had always worked out in the evenings when it was so busy. But a friend talked me into trying a morning workout. And I loved it, but it was hard. And it took me a few months to figure it out and build the routine. So I figured out that you had to go to bed early to be able to get up early. And I also figured out it helped to lay out clothes and do all your food prep and smoothies and everything in the morning. And all these years later, I am still doing this. So for me, morning workouts are non-negotiable. I'm still benefiting from this habit that I built years ago. The best way to start a new habit is to look over your shoulder to see what you're currently doing really well. And this guides you in two ways. One, because you're filling your mind with positivity of all the great things you've done in the past, which feels good, instead of that old recording of self-doubt that says, Hey, are you really going to be able to do it this time? You've tried before and it didn't work. Now, the other reason I want you to reflect is that you focus on what you've done well in the past and then do more of that. What were the behaviors around building a habit that really worked well for you? Was it having accountability? Was it doing with a friend or tracking and measuring it? Take a second to figure that out and bring that forward to this new habit. So step number one is to reflect. Step number two, okay, now you can pick the habit that you wanna build, but please make sure that it isn't a should. I want you to pick something that you're really passionate about or that excites you. No comparing, don't do something that everybody else is doing. Pick something that excites you because then you'll have more chance at being successful with it. And if you totally want to geek out like me, then you can make a long list of a bunch of potential habits and then leave it for about a day. And then when you come back to that list, you'll know exactly which one on that list jumps out at you and gets you really excited. So step two, pick the habit. Step three, create a plan to track it. Now I'm old school and I like to keep an Excel spreadsheet to track new behaviors and habits. I'm in week three of building a new habit to start my work day at 8 a.m. instead of 9 a.m., which is a really big deal for me. 
And it makes such a difference to have that four hour time block in the morning before lunch. I'm getting way more done. So I'm tracking that and it feels good to sit down and keep track of the days that I have done it. So step three is create a plan to track your habit. Step four is accountability. This is where your success comes to life. I want you to find someone and tell them what you're doing and build in a weekly accountability of what you've accomplished. And ideally, try to find someone who's willing to build a new habit of their own because two-way accountability is always more successful and more fun. So there is your four-step process. Reflect, pick the habit, create a plan to track it, and build accountability. it's time to start wrapping up this episode. I am excited for you to build this new habit with the four-step process. I'd love to hear all about it, so please email me or post it on my Facebook group. And if yoga or meditation or balance are on your habit wish list, then don't wait for the habit fairy. (laughs) Join me for Thrive in May. Grab one of these last few spots and let's make magic in Mexico. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.